This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. been another long, long time since we've done this. It feels like I say that just about every episode that we actually do, but for good reason last week, we, we had other stuff going on uh, outside of the soccer world, but we are back to talk some Texas soccer, some San Antonio FC soccer, um, and we're right at the wire here, playoff push, so going to be a fun episode. My name is Kyle Makey, joined by Larry Leathers. As always, this, of course, is Texas Soccer Radio. I say that like you're tuning through your radio, just like happened to come across the show. Like you didn't have to click on our graphic to get this to play. So I would hope you knew that it's Texas Soccer Radio, but here we are. <laughs> Maybe somebody's just thro- scrolling through. You never know. They're just yeah, you know, flicking around on Periscope, wandered into random things. Who knows what's going on, man? <laughs> well, I do know that I really enjoy being part of the beautiful game network, part of that BGN family. If you would like to check out our BGN site, you can go to TexasSoccerRadio.com. Uh, from there, you'll be able to play all of our episodes, see other BGN podcasts. And if you're into soccer, specifically North American soccer, they got you covered. And it's, you know, quality stuff. So don't let us, don't let us ruin that for you. <laughs> um, and thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. R-U-F-F neckscarves.com. I finally gave away that scarf that we gave away. Um, <laughs> we we finally met up. So I'm glad I'm- that. Uh, I'm one one scarf lighter now. I'm glad I could help facilitate on that one. I'm glad I was watching the Twitter account and <laughs> and making making matchups happen here. Oh, what a mess! But I'm glad that it worked out and it was good to chat. And anyway, what uh, before we we have some big news here <clears throat> um, in the world of San Antonio soccer? That's so like self-serving for me to say it's big news but before we get to that a lot of people are upset about it so it's it's big news i mean it's uh yeah we'll we'll talk about that in just a second but before we do i actually want to push two things that are super important probably more important than anything else that we're going to talk about tonight um first off at san antonio fc's match against rgb at toyota field on saturday um the supporters groups are holding a fundraiser for troop care packages um, at the tailgate, I believe it's the Crocketeers specifically, but please yep. don't, <laughs> if I got that wrong, I genuinely am sorry. <laughs> I know how touchy that subject can be, but um, I believe it's the Crocketeers that are doing it. So they are asking for toiletries, snacks, non-perishables, puzzle books, or any small comfort items uh, to put into troop care packages. You can drop those off at the tailgate section uh, on Saturday with the Crocketeers and and obviously that's for a very, very good cause. And um, they do specify no alcohol, drugs, pornography, anything like that. So um, we'll, we'll keep it pretty chill, family friendly ish. Uh, PG troop care packages. PG. Um, the other one is that um, Darren Powell 
is having what I assume is the last run with Darren event since we're getting to the end of the regular season here. Um, so uh, Darren Powell will be running um, the Spurs 5K and Coyote Fun Run at AT&T Center uh, to help raise awareness for Parkinson's, um, which his father was diagnosed with earlier this year. Um, and you can actually use the code RUNWITHDARREN for 10% off of the 5K entry. So um, highly, highly recommend doing that. And um, I was planning on being there, but uh, <laughs> I am not going to be for a good reason, which I'll talk about later. Uh, maybe. Anyway. I'm not sure if I've even told you that, Larry. I don't. You have it. Secrets. Yeah. Podcast secrets. Yeah. Breaking news. I may be revealed. I may not be there on Saturday, and it's for everyone's sake. <laughs> um. Anyway, I put on Twitter earlier this week. Sorry, I'm talking so much in the intro. It's I, okay. I feel bad, man. Do it's it. Very self-serving few minutes here, but. Um, I put it out on Twitter earlier this week that um, 210soccer.com is not going to be returning for the 2019 season um, in case you missed that. So we wanted to give people kind of a heads up so that it didn't seem, you know, out of nowhere or a big surprise for anyone kind of cushion the blow a little bit. Um, obviously, the podcast is still here. It's, we, you know we talk too much to shut this baby down. So we'll be around for a while, <laughs> but um, the written side of things, 210soccer.com that will not be returning for the 2019 season. Um, and we'll talk about why more in depth when we kind of do our goodbye posts on the website. But long story short is that it, it just takes up a lot of time to do it right. And I didn't want to half-ass it. So um we're going to no asset and uh, just uh, turn off the lights for a little bit. And to be clear, because I saw this pop up, um, it is not turning into an Austin focus site. Um, I'll, sure? I'll own up and say that I made a mistake last year. I'll, I'll own up and say that um, I was, I am really excited about Austin getting an MLS team and I registered five twelve soccer.com as kind of, you know, the Austin brother site to the, the two ten soccer.com. And I redirected it temporarily to the two ten soccer.com site. Um, and that was a mistake. And I see now the signals that that sent and I do apologize again. Um, so yeah, that, that site is not turning into anything else. It, uh, it's just hitting the pause button for, for the 2019 season. So Kyle with the Austin supporter troll there. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I had good intentions. (laughs) I, in my head, I saw 210soccer.com being what it always has been. And I saw another site very similar to it covering the Austin side of things. And um, I I pretty quickly realized that, A, that's too much work. And uh be redirecting it to the San Antonio site was probably not my best move. So I actually don't think that that URL still works. I haven't tried it in a while. But. It could have been worse. You could have directed it to the Columbus crew site. <laughs> I mean, if it's still an active URL, it's not too late. <laughs> oh man, Jesus. There, there would have been some angry faces about that one too, possibly. I don't know. 
Oh, man. Anyway, I am sorry for taking up the first 10 minutes of this show with uh, announcements, but I wanted to get those off. This is what uh, happens when we take two weeks off. We've got to do some housekeeping here right at the beginning of the show and start it off this way. Yeah. So let's talk soccer, man. Where Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, we need to start it. It's, there's been two games since we... Uh, since we took our little mini hiatus there so I could celebrate my anniversary with my wife and not end up in the doghouse on our first, <laughs> first anniversary here. Um, so SAFC's uh, had two games now, and they've managed to walk away with wins in both of them. Uh, first one was against S2, walked out of there with a 3-1 win. Um, seemed like a good showing. We had uh, goals that game from... Lance Lang, Ethan Bryant got his first goal ever in his career. Um, Maxi got one as well. It was uh, an offensively strong game for the most part. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was really encouraging to see because San Antonio FC dropped points to this team earlier in the year, and it never should have happened, and it kind of started off the worst streak of the season for them. So... Uh, to see a very dominant performance <laughs> against us too, it was nice. And uh, Lance Lang records a goal and an assist again. Um, just insane pickup <laughs> to to get Lance Lang. I really, really hope they're able to keep on uh, keep hold of him for next year and make it a permanent transfer, not just a loan. So he seems happy here and obviously he's having success here. So hopefully that translates to uh, a permanent contract. Well, with since he moving up, it'll be interesting to see if they end up having some sort of affiliation and hopefully that doesn't mean they call him back to whatever that new affiliate team is, because really he's been the big difference maker this year. Um, getting a little ahead of myself here, but he's at five goals now and not only that, but in five games, he's had a goal and an assist. So yeah. he's dominant form out there. Um, honestly, this, this S2 match should have probably been a higher score for us. Um, we had a date with the crossbar that night. There were several, <laughs> several shots that tipped the crossbar one way or another that game. Uh, but that only means that we were getting good opportunities on, on the attack. So I'll take that all night long. Um, can't under understate enough how bad the goalkeeper play was though from from s2 um their goalie was out of place multiple times made multiple mistakes and we managed to capitalize on some of those so that did contribute a little bit but to see our guys in the right place at the right time to make those plays bodes well hopefully for this little streak here at the end of the season yeah, for sure. Ever Guzman and, and really the whole attacking third for San Antonio FC just had that goalkeeper's number. Um, it was it was a clinic there. Once once the goals started coming, they just, you know, it never felt like it was falling back, in my opinion anyway. But no, I agree hundred percent with you there. That was a it was like I said, it was a dominant match from SAFC offensively at least. Um, and that kind of rolls on. We carried that right on into our game this past weekend against Las Vegas. Um, we also managed to walk away with a 3-1 win against them. This was quite the physical game from both sides. Um, much like we've seen in the, the recent past here, uh, SAFC went down early. Um, Las Vegas marched out there, got a goal. Um, it was a bad goal, too. SAF, the defense got tripped up. 
um, caught out of position a little bit and they got beat and they managed to put a ball in the net early in that game, which put us on the ropes. We had to walk out of there with a win. Thankfully we were able to get it done. Yeah, it was uh, not looking good there for a good chunk of that first half. And, um, you know, it felt like a completely different team in the second half again, uh, which is, you know, story of the year for this team, it feels like. But um, I did love seeing Rafa get some minutes towards the end. Um, That was the second game. I I forgot to mention that. We did see the return of Rafa in the S2 game. So it's two games in a row we've seen him come off the bench there. And uh, he definitely brings the energy to the field when he's getting out there for sure. Yeah. Um, And uh, I thought it was interesting seeing uh, Jose Escalante get the start um, in a week where there weren't midweek games. Like it's all Saturday games in this stretch. So um, I thought it was interesting to see kind of a rotation, I guess, between him and Gordon, uh, who came on in the, the 69th there. But uh, Well, we actually didn't even see Gordon in the S2 game. He didn't make the 18. Um, sorry, we had Mike, yeah. Seth, Mike Seth started for him in the S2 game. Um, and then Gordon was in the 18, but on the bench to start in the Las Vegas game. Yeah. So Gordon's been getting some rest. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was jumping ahead there a little no, bit. You're good. My bad. <laughs> We're kind of hopping around with these two games here, trying to catch up here quick. Yeah. Um, but this was another game with a lot of offense after that early goal from Las Vegas. Um, we saw Lance Lang hook up with Ever Guzman again for a goal. Um, Guzman got one on his own, got a nice brace in that game as well. Um, and finally, we had Gordon feed one into Lang, which there was actually a handball on that play. Um, so regardless of whether that goal had gone in or not, um, thankfully it did and it counted. They didn't see the handball. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked. It, it should have been a penalty, honestly. It should have been a penalty. There was multiple SAFC players calling for it, particularly Rafa. He was right next to it and saw it clear as day when it happened. Yeah. Um, goalkeepers didn't see it that way, but it was a moot point. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, and uh, the the most important thing of – both of these games is that they got the results they needed. They got the two wins that they needed um, setting up for really kind of a, an interesting scenario here to end the regular season because coming in on our last podcast, we said have to win all three. And since then, some of that scenario has changed slightly. (laughs) Um, So, Let's go through those scenarios really quickly if we can. We'll try not to botch them too much. Um, So if San Antonio FC wins against RGV on Saturday, that puts them at 52 points. Correct. Um, So if that's the case, then a Swope Park draw or loss or a St. Louis loss gets San Antonio FC into the playoffs. Right. Um, the other scenario is if SAFC draws, then we have to have a Swope Park loss. Um, now we could potentially be waiting till Sunday to hear what's going to go down. Um, St. Louis has a game same time as ours on Saturday. Um, so we should be hearing results out of theirs about the same time. The SAFC game against RGV is ending this weekend. Um, but Swope actually doesn't play until two o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So depending on how this game shakes out, we could be waiting around, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for a result out of Swope. Um, and obviously, the one thing we didn't mention is that if San Antonio, 
unfortunately loses this weekend, all hope is lost. There, that, that, that's the end of it. That's the end of the season for us. Um, we have to walk out of there with a win um, or a draw <laughs> to have any shot. Yeah. San Antonio is currently sitting in ninth place with 49 points. They're a point behind Swope uh, on the other side of that red line. And then uh, three points behind St. Louis FC. But a win would give them the tiebreaker over St. Louis FC as long as St. Louis loses. Um, so the first tiebreaker, I've seen this thrown out on social media a couple of times. First tiebreaker in USL is wins. Um, so San Antonio, Swope Park, and St. Louis all have 14 wins. Um, at the moment, the second goal differential after that, or sorry, the second tiebreaker after that is goal differential, um, where San Antonio is at negative three, Swope is at negative five. So there's a good chance if San Antonio can uh, ends up going to tiebreakers with Swope, then they should get that goal differential. Yeah, unless Swope comes out swinging somehow. And yeah, I mean, really, that's if they win, Swope wins, then that's that's the only way it's really going to affect us there. So um, we got to walk away with a win this weekend. And we did get one Twitter question for today pertains to this um, from our buddy, Scott Borowski asking who the more likely loss is this weekend, St. Louis or Swope, which way you leaning? (sighs) That's tough, man. That's so tough because we've seen as a lot of these teams are either clinched or eliminated that, you know, you never know what's going to happen with players who are playing for contracts the next year or, you know, being rested for um, the playoffs or whatever it may be. So um, St. Louis plays OKC, mm-hmm. who's eliminated. Swope plays LA Galaxy, I believe. Correct. But, I mean, OKC's the more dangerous of the two teams. They're sitting in 10th place right behind us. Um They've got a significant lead points-wise over the Galaxy. So that, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to call that. I think I want to lean towards the St. Louis game, possibly giving us the result we need to get in um, over the Swope game right now, to be honest. I think, oh, man, that's tough. I'm only, my only concern with Swope is that we don't see the Swope Park Rangers. We see the sporting Kansas City Rangers show up. Right. Especially with playoffs on the line, I can easily see them saying, oh, let's send some guys down and and help them get the results they need. I don't think there's a conflict with sporting Kansas City's games at all, um, with Swopes being at 2 o'clock on Sunday. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We saw what they did against SAFC. They sent down eight players or seven or eight players against SAFC. I'm not going to get on that soapbox again, but (laughs) there's a definite possibility that we see more sporting Kansas City players than we do Swope Park Rangers players. Well, you know, I haven't looked through the rosters, but um, there's a chance that they may still need to get another match in for players to uh, be eligible to play in the playoffs because you have to have five matches under your belt before – the end of the regular season i believe so uh yeah we'll see um i think- yeah there's i, I double checked there is no conflict with sporting kansas city sporting kansas city doesn't have another game until wednesday night against vancouver uh 
So, yeah, I don't know. I think I could actually see Swope dropping the ball because I could see LA sending some players. Oh, man, maybe not. I was going to say I could see LA sending some players who are playing for their job next year for their, their job in 2019 type deal. Um, it's a possibility. It's, it's hard, to, hard to call right now. But either way, San Antonio needs to get points, either a win or a draw, and then a lot of help. Um, unfortunately, even with a win, they're not guaranteed playoffs, but definitely makes things easier if it does go that way. And I, this just popped in my head. I'm backtracking a little bit. I love it. We talked about Omar Gordon. We did not put this in the rundown. We are not going to have Omar Gordon this weekend. Um, he got called up to international duty. So we are going to be Gordonless for this weekend in this game. Not great timing. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the ropes here. We need the win. Gordon's not going to be there. I still think he's the one we need out on the field as part of that uh, starting 11 there, despite what the results have said the last two games. Uh, I think he's important to this team and I I wish he was going to be there this weekend. I think it's a big loss for San Antonio. Are you sure he got caught? Oh, yep. There it is. He definitely got called up. They called, they had over 20 players across the league get called up for international duty for this weekend. Um, unfortunately, none of those players come from teams that we need to lose this weekend. No St. Louis players, no Swope Park players. Um, we're the only team affected in this mix here by a loss of players for international duty. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. (laughs) Um, I don't know what to say, man. Like it's really crappy timing. I almost want to count my count our blessings here that Lance Lang didn't get called up as well because he's yeah. another Jamaican national team candidate. And out of all the teams that uh, called up players from USL level, Jamaica called the most out of any country. Um, they ended up calling four players out of those 20 that got called up. Yeah. So it could have been a lot worse for us because that would have been an even bigger loss with what Lang's been contributing on the field at this point. I mean, you have to be happy for him um, in the sense of getting to to play for his country again, but um, not great timing. (laughs) I I don't know. Do you know the answer to this? Can can San Antonio as a team deny them calling up a player for? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works because remember, he's technically here on loan. um, Right, right. From... um, Oh my gosh, it's slipping right now. But from his Jamaican club team. Is it? Uh, Yeah, I think it's Montego Bay, right? Um, And and so um, I don't know if San Antonio has has the ability to not not send him. I don't know. But I don't think they would, though. Like, having talked to, this is a throwback name, but Sebastian Turrier, when he got called up for um national team duty i kind of talked with some of the coaching staff and it's one of those things where like you're happy for the player and you just kind of have to deal with it and and work around it so um i'm not sure if they'd be saying that at the end of the season in a playoff push that was like in the middle of the summer when when all that went down but um yeah i I don't know is it 
oh, FIFA international break means we have to, right? From WT Filament on Periscope right now. I don't know. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know I don't the answer. So. I'm... I, I know MLS teams have denied players the time off because at right. the end of the day, the clubs are the one paying their bills. So I don't know. They're paying their checks. Like you said, you don't want to deny a player going to call it play for their national team. It's just the timing isn't great. And that, now I'm curious to go and do a little bit more deep dive on what the international schedules look like over the next few weeks. Um, if San Antonio is able to make that playoff push, is there the possibility that we could see this play some sort of role here going forward? I would absolutely hate to see us miss somebody in a playoff game. That would be yeah. that'd be really bad. <laughs> it did say that he'll rejoin the club next week. Um, right. Assuming there is a next week. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um. Just saw a comment come across. I didn't see the name, but um, they asked where we're going to be Saturday and if we're going to be running the 5K. Um, so I'll just say I uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the game on Saturday um, or the run um, because uh, without going into too much detail, long story short, um, my kid played with some other kids who uh, go to daycare and um, there is something contagious that has been spread. And I don't really want to spread that to uh, anyone at the team or any, anyone else in general. So um, there's a good chance I'm not going to make it on Saturday, to be honest with you. Well, if you've got the plague in your household, it's probably better you don't show up. Um, yeah. Lord knows I don't want to contract the plague from you. So <laughs> That's why we do this 80 miles away, right? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> keep that nice, nice barrier going here so I don't ever have to worry about being in the same room for one of these podcasts. Although I feel like we need to do that for one of these at some point. Um, yeah, no, that's yeah. keep the plague away from the field. We yeah. don't need that. We don't need that going around that cl- the club, and then if we do get in the playoffs, having stuff, yeah, no, no. you're gonna <laughs> yeah, derail everything. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't want that on my conscience. So uh, you know, we'll just we'll watch from home and uh, hope that it's not the last match of the season, so that I can show up to another one. <laughs> well, hopefully, you're not getting angry texts from me during the game because yeah, that means things aren't going well. <laughs> Um, anything else with San Antonio FC before we move on? I think that's, I think we got it. I mean, win or go home. We play our best when our backs are up against the wall. So here's another opportunity for us to be in that exact position again. Yeah. Um, we didn't have this on our rundown, but just quick note that, uh, oh, it is down at the bottom. Maybe Austin question mark. <laughs> There's been some things in the last two weeks. I, um yeah. not gonna get deep into it because it's a lot of political stuff but the gist of it is that um there are people involved there are reportedly people involved with um circuit of the americas which is where austin bold fc is going to play the usl team um that are funding um something in the austin uh city council the austin they're they're trying to pass something locally to where um 
basically it would make the MLS stadium not viable and not legal. Uh, well, I mean, my understanding is they'd have to, what, they'd have to get 20,000 signatures to get this to pass, first off. Um, and if they were able to get the signatures, then the, the MLS site would actually um, potentially go on the ballot this upcoming May. Um, they would also need all nine city council members to be in agreement on the site plan and the terms. Um, and there's potentials for lawsuits over this term sheet, depending on what's put in there. Uh, yeah. There could be lawsuits regardless um, if uh, oh. city council signs. Yeah. So when, when and if city council signs the term sheet, um, which there was some news on that this week that uh, the first out date for the city um, to get out of the whole deal was on October 9th. And that date came and went. And the only news we heard was that uh, the term sheet negotiations are on track for a December signing right now. And that was always the target date. Um, meanwhile, in Columbus, they're coming up on their date to main, retain their rights to their practice facility. Um, the, I think that's that date's in December as well. And the Austin team still has no practice site or temporary home lined up here in, in Austin. So there's a lot of big gaps in information and things we need for a team to actually make the move here in 2019 uh, from Columbus down to Austin right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. And we should probably do a whole episode on it at some point, but the gist of it is that, um, it's still ongoing and it would take a lot to derail everything, but it does sound like it's going to be more complicated going forward. Um, but I still think it's, it's going to happen. All the biggest pieces are already in place um, as far as getting it, the initial stuff through city council. So um, from what we're reading on social media and with uh, other people who've reported on it, is that basically as soon as the ink hits the paper for the term sheet uh, with city council signing, there are probably going to be lawsuits that come up uh, challenging the term sheet in general. So uh, that will not be a surprise. Don't be surprised if it happens. I'm sure MLS is expecting it as well. Um, I, I just, it's very strange. This whole thing is very strange. Um, WT Filament says, uh, it feels now that crew stays in Columbus and Austin gets an expansion slot. The whole thing is weird. Um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know that it is. I really don't think that MLS is going to be in Columbus next year. I feel like the bridges, the bridges have been burned. Um, they don't have a new stadium and they won't for a few years. Um, maybe it's like the Cleveland Browns where they come back at a later date. Um, Once a new but, ownership group's in place, possibly. Yeah. And the other thing, like we've talked about before, I won't harp on this too long, but the, giving Austin an expansion slot, um, there's issues with that because uh, you have all of these other markets who have submitted their proposals and done things the right way and, and everything else. And, um, so you would probably have a big pushback from Detroit, San Antonio, Sacramento. Uh, I don't think Tampa's in the running anymore now that they're owned by the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, but 
it's it's complicated for sure <laughs> well and and going back to the potential for this may vote for if they're able to get these signatures and everything else um austin also has their mayoral elections coming up here in november yeah and there was a big uh the the all the candidates i think there's seven nine of them there's there's a lot of people running for mayor in Austin. Um, they had a debate the other night um, this past week, and several of those potential candidates, including Laura Morrison, which is really the big competition for Steve Adler up there, um, she was against the stadium, and she laid into Steve about it um, during the debate, along with several other candidates. So if this vote was to potentially happen, part of that is all nine council members have to be in agreement. And maybe one of those other candidates, if they were the new mayor in Austin, would be on the other side of the fence and help block that proposal, potentially. It's a long shot, but it's definitely something to think about for the future going forward. Yeah, it's... I, I look at NHL expansion, just as an example. Like, they um, saw an opportunity in Seattle uh, an ownership group got their stuff together. Same thing with Vegas. They saw an opportunity. Ownership group got everything together, got the stadium ready. And uh, hockey is killing it in Vegas. And it's going to kill it in Seattle. Um, and I don't know why MLS expansion is so much stranger. Like, it just feels like they're making it up as they go and they don't know what they're doing. And it's a very amateur feeling from the outside um, for Don Garber and, and the owners that are involved with the expansion board. Um, it's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's exhausting. And I just don't fucking care enough about MLS to <laughs> keep up with it for much longer. It's messy. It's, it always has been messy. It continues to be messy. We will do our best to keep on top of it. It's a lot of he said, she said at this point. And until more concrete details come out, it's coverage is going to continue to be sporadic when it comes to with the situation in Austin. Yeah. Um, the vote coming up here might tell us a little bit more, but until the lawsuit in Columbus gets settled and there's an official announcement from MLS about a team in Austin, um, yeah. yeah this is where we're at now so um speaking of making it up as they go st louis had a new ownership pop up um and it looks like they're going to be back in the mls race which it shouldn't be a freaking race it's such a joke man um so it looks like they're in line for an mls expansion slot i think Personally, that that hurts Detroit the most um, and Columbus potentially having another Midwest market come in that is going to blow up, honestly. Like, St. Louis is a phenomenal sports town. And uh, as fun as the Cardinals are, um, if you're not into baseball or if you don't have four hours to drop, you know, MLS soccer is, is a great option depending on where they put it. No, I mean, MLS would do well in that city. That city is craving another major league sports franchise of some sort um, after the Rams decided to vac vacate. Um, I think they're probably an easy choice for an expansion team if they've got all their stuff together. Um, and I agree. Detroit, Columbus, those are probably the 
odd men out if if this thing happens in St. Louis. <laughs> I love fired up Kyle. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm just like I'm burnt out, man, on MLS expansion. I it's been a rough ride it's been a rough ride we don't even have the expansion teams announced yet that was supposed to happen a year ago that was that was supposed to be in january like 10 months ago we were supposed to know who was getting the expansion slots and they're still up in the air that's crazy it's tiring um i'm all for st louis getting mls i think uh they're a big enough market they've got a massive soccer history they're great sports town it's exactly where mls needs to be um all the coaches came out in support of it it was just they couldn't get a stadium deal done before um and now this ownership group has a lot more money than the previous one from what i've read um it looks like those wheels will uh be a little more greasy this time than they were last round so um yeah and I'm, I'm happy for st louis if this all goes through it should honestly it's gonna be interesting to watch yeah but i think it's probably a done deal if everything's in place um last bit of mls news because i just can't bring myself to talk about it anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a rumor that MLS and Liga Mekis are going to combine after the 2026 World Cup. Um, is it Roger Gonzalez that this was? Yeah, he, from CBS. He, he dropped it first on Twitter. Um, some ESPN articles followed suit later. Um, some Liga coaches have come out in support of this. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like this, <laughs> Nothing surprises me anymore. Um, SAFC to Liga Emekis. I mean, it would be the same thing. I don't know how you do this. I think the only way you do it is if it did happen is you take like the top half from MLS and you take the top half from Liga and you combine them into the first league and the MLS Championship League. <laughs> Get your uh, USL Championship League as your second tier. I don't know. It could bring pro rel. That's going to get people all fired up if this is true. Um, but it's a long ways away. I mean, they're talking about after the 2026 World Cup. So we're yeah. probably four years from hearing, four or five years from hearing concrete talks about this actually happening and to get everything in place. It's interesting, but. It's stupid. It's so stupid. The, the biggest issue that I have with it is that the single entity structure that oh, MLS no. has would have to go away because MLS teams are not as good as Mexican teams. Um, they don't have the money to pay good players. Um, North think- American Soccer League. Oh, <laughs> Back <no>. to- <laughs> it comes full circle. Oh, yes. Um. Yeah, I just don't see like what we have right now. It, it doesn't. And that was the other thing too. Like, what if they just had the best of MLS play the best of Liga MX? Maybe in a Concacaf Champions League. Like, we already have that, and every year Mexico just wipes the floor with everybody else because, yeah. you know, Toronto should have come close. <laughs> um, who was it Dallas last year? I can't remember who it was now, but a couple MLS teams have come close, but at the end of the day, they just don't have the payroll. Like 
they have those top three or four players that can keep up with the Liga MX teams, but after that, it's not even close. Hey, if SAFC can beat Santos Laguna, right? We can beat everybody. Yeah. yeah. That's how it goes down, right? We're the new That's champion. How it works. NASL <laughs> champions, San Antonio FC. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I don't see a way that this happens. Um, the other thing too is like it's a big freaking continent. Like trying to get people to go to away matches in MLS is hard enough. Like now you're gonna try and get them to go to Mexico to watch, uh, you know, Minnesota play. Like that's not gonna happen. I don't know. It's crazier things have happened. We pull quite the Santos crowd here in San Antonio. It'd be a sure way in for San Antonio up into the top tier of leagues. Well, um, with the fan base that would be running around here. That that's the thing is like the MLS crowd isn't going to travel to Mexico, but they, you know, if some of those Liga MX teams were playing in LA or New York or you know, San Antonio, wherever, like they're going to be full stadiums. And that's yeah. probably the only reason MLS wants to do this. But um, I saw something flash on Periscope. I didn't catch what it said. <laughs> Does soccer make ground in the USA by the time 2026 comes around? Columbia just out-supported the U.S. Um, Does the U.S. men's national team have a coach by 2026? <laughs> Answer I, that question first. If you're talking about like soccer becoming like the big part of the big four, big three, whatever you want to say as far as the sports go, I don't know, man. Like, I want to believe that it can. Um, but I feel like it's different now. It, it's really different with how many viewing options and streaming options and how many, you know, it's easy to watch any games around the world of any sport that you want to watch. This is um, ESPN Plus's fault. <laughs> <laughs> 5 a month. Yeah. I can watch everything. Like, it's not like... I'm sitting here with my three television channels and I'm going to watch hockey because that's the only thing on, you know what I mean? So like, I feel like you've got your hockey crowd, your baseball crowd, your football crowd. Like, I I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's going to gain the kind of support that uh, people want, especially North American soccer, because it's not as good of a product. And right now, God, I'm going to go on another rant. I'm, all I'm going to say is it shouldn't be easier to watch European leagues than it is to watch domestic leagues. And Agreed. ESPN Plus has helped, um, but. It's a lot of ground to make up, and I, I agree with you. I don't know that it's going to happen. The The big three here, or big four, have such a stranglehold on the American markets here. It's a, it's a lot of ground to make up. Um, and I truly don't see it, especially on the national team level, taking over unless we can find a way to take control of these ticket prices. Um, especially because like you mentioned, you know, Columbia out supporting the U S at the, at a U.S. game in the United States tonight, um, supporter wise, like yeah. that needs to change. These games need to become cheaper so that you can get families in those seats and get kids more involved and, and bring those young fans in because if the kids want to go to the games then the parents are going to take them, and those are going to fill up the stadiums and then everybody's going to get interested yeah. um, until stuff like that starts happening. It's, it's a tough draw for, for soccer in the United States right now. Yeah. If, uh, 
yeah, it's just the biggest thing is the ticket, not the biggest thing. One of the biggest things, one of the um, obvious symptoms of the disease that U.S. soccer has right now, the, the Federation has right now, is those ticket prices and how difficult it is. Like, I can't take my kid to a soccer game. <laughs> like, I can't take me to a soccer game. They're like $400 <laughs> tickets. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And for what? Like, for what product are you getting? A team that hasn't had a head coach in a year, pretty much. Yep. Um, I just... Uh, Honestly, like if I I don't think I would blame anyone for not supporting the U.S. national team. Like I know that's a weird thing to say, but what are you supporting? Like a, a team with no identity, with like you're supporting Christian Pulisic, pretty yeah. much. Like go buy a Dortmund jersey, and I don't know, man. It's it's really really hard to be optimistic about the u.s men's national team there needs to be a big jump and i just don't know how or where it happens and i hope it happens i hope that jump happens but i just i still don't see it i don't think anything has changed in the ussf with the changing of the guard that didn't really change at all so yeah we're stuck in a holding pattern right now Sports are supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun watching a team, it's really hard to care about them. Um, I don't know. I know there's, there's fans of DC United who before this year were, were struggling or, you know, the Cleveland Browns, my family are Chicago Cubs fans. (laughs) Like I get it. I get hanging on through a, a team that is having its trouble, but at least with all of most of those, you saw them trying to improve. And I don't see that with the men's national team. And it's like the Dallas Cowboys. So it's the most frustrating thing is they're not trying to get better. Well, let's, let's, let's get away from the MLS talk. We have two, two little bits of USL news to round out the show here. Um, we had branding announcements from two different teams here in the last two weeks, um, El Paso and New Mexico. Both unre- unveiled their branding, and one of them is a home run, and the other one falls flat <laughs> on its face. <laughs> um, El Paso, they are now the yeah. locomotive FC, um, and the crest is amazing. And everything I've seen from them since this announcement from branding and theming to the team store, all of it, it looks great. And they look like they're going to come steaming on into that station here going into the season next year. Yeah, man. I'm all, I'm all about everything that I've seen from the El Paso branding. Um, the crest hit a home run for sure, because you've got like the cattle guard from the train in the mm-hmm. bottom. And then on the top, you have a star but it's not just a star. It actually looks like it's laying kind of flat or more flat um, because if, for anyone who hasn't been to El Paso on uh, a mountainside, there's a star that's lit up and laying like on the mountain basically, which is where that option for the name stars and Estrella and all that uh, came from. And so I thought it was really cool that they didn't just throw a star up there. They actually made it look like, you know, like you knew what that was supposed to represent. So, and yeah, just, I, 
I know the soccer factory is uh, a great store for a lot of soccer equipment. I've bought several jerseys there and the staff has always been friendly and everything else, but it's, uh, it's disappointing to just have like that one little section of SAFC gear as opposed to like a small team store and, and kind of give it its own identity. Well, and it's, I, it's bigger than that. You know, it's, they have a ton of different shirts and they have a ton of sweatshirts and they have tons of little things. You can go in there, you can buy the flags, you can buy branded cups, you can buy every little thing from the pictures I saw. They have a wide variety of options. They had like 10 different kinds of hats and a huge hat rack. Um, you know me with the hat rant. I'm not going to go on it again tonight. Um, yeah, they, they, I, I thought the pictures of what their team store looks like are great. And it's a standalone team store. It's just for them. It's their own, their own storefront. Um, and I, it doesn't look like it's at the stadium. It looks like it's in a different part yeah. of town nearby um, in one of the busy city centers there. So in the big shopping, shopping part. So yeah, they'll hit it, hit it out of the home run with that. Um, on the other side of the fence, you have New Mexico United coming out with their very plain, very boring, all yellow Columbus S crest. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it looks Columbus is getting it's all Columbus colors. It's black and yellow. Um, it's very bland and very boring. And it doesn't scream New Mexico in any sort of way other than having the words New Mexico in it. Yeah. I really dislike state name, like the names of states as a city's name like new mexico or when it was arizona united as opposed to phoenix rising um it's just too big of an area and it's like focusing on on your group especially with soccer like yeah. soccer is hyper local and that's part of the fun and um man i there's not much to like about that branding from everything i saw but <laughs> the supporters group is great <laughs> Yeah, the supporters group is great. It's just, I don't know where the the rest... Of, yeah, the, the New Mexico Curse are going to steal the show there with their branding. <laughs> I hope those guys have shirts and sweatshirts and hats. I'll buy one of those just to have one around. Like, their branding's amazing. It's... The, the team crest has just fallen short. Somebody should have talked to these, these supporter groups, guys, because they would have been able to come up with a much better name and a much better crest overall. Maximiliano says, I do like that they talk to their local tribe, which owns the Zia Sun logo. So that is cool. Like at least they're, you know, respecting their local locals, you know, but uh, yeah. I, it's still I just know. bland. Like that's at the end of the day, the only way to describe it is bland being just a plain, a very, very plain black and black and yellow, mainly yellow crest. Yeah. The whole thing just feels very, like 2010 very 2012 like just kind of i don't know it, it just hits the mark the name the crest everything is just kind of hitting the mark or missing the mark rather unfortunately it's you'd think that some of these teams would learn better because they've got a ton of examples in front of them it's not like they're not sitting around and seeing um the locomotive come out and Phoenix rising right. and all these teams, team branding that are out there in the soccer world now, especially here in North America that have come out in the last two or three years. Um, it's pretty easy to pick out the ones that have been a home run and which ones have fallen flat on their face. And it kind of just seems like they ignored everything they've seen or haven't paid attention to and yeah. just rolled out with whatever they decided to come up with. 
when you look at like LAFC, Vegas, Memphis, like all of these cities who take something involving their city, their market, their culture, and incorporate that into a crest. And it's been a home run on all three. Um, and I'm sure there's more but those three kind of jump out at me right off the bat. Atlanta is a, another more recent example, Miami. Um, you know, you just, you can't trot out here in 2018 with something that looks like it came out of a template generator. <laughs> like, Which it does. It truly really does. It's rough, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, Maximiliano says, I wonder what they were thinking watching El Paso the week before. <laughs> like, ah, oh, crap. Panic. <laughs> Sheer panic. Jesus. Yeah, yeah no, that's... They set a high bar just the week before for a new USL cut team coming in with branding wise to release that crest the next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything else you want to talk about tonight before we call it a night? I think we covered it. I think so too, man. I, uh, I think we did the thing. <laughs> Is there going to um, be a podcast next week? I believe so. Let me. October 18th. <laughs> um yeah we should be able to see that right <laughs> um hopefully we'll be talking about our newfound playoff push at that point um if not we'll be at a season wrap-up show potentially yeah. at that point i'm hoping that's not where we're at yet yeah same and uh just to reiterate from earlier we really like podcasting <laughs> and uh larry and i are good friends even off the show i enjoy uh, doing this with him recorded or not so uh, podcast isn't going anywhere or us podcasting isn't going anywhere for sure um, but uh, 210soccer.com is uh, going to be shut down after this season how the lights turn off so uh, don't unsubscribe yet from this feed <laughs> podcast isn't going anywhere let's reiterate that again podcast is not going anywhere um We'll still be talking about SAFC here into the future, so you can expect that out of us at least. This is what I get for trying to type in podcasts. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, every Thursday night we do this, 9 p.m. Um, you can hop on Twitter or Periscope and get in in the conversation. You can also leave us a voicemail at 210 807 3435 210 807 3435 um it's a generic sounding voicemail but if you leave it we'll probably get to it we hope we get to it um it's the plan hopefully we can play it on next week's episode but again there should be an episode next thursday night friday morning uh like usual and hopefully it's not a season wrap-up episode but if that's what it is that's what it is so um, thank you again for listening. Thank you to BGN and Roughneck Scarves, and we will catch you next week. Hopefully, no one catches anything else from me.